Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Go Silver, let's go big fellow. Are you still Pancho Madura had been a bandit chieftain across the border, but when some of his men had been captured and a price was put on his head in his own country, Pancho crossed the border into Texas. One day, Pancho sat in a cafe in Rockton talking to two friends. It is time, amigos, that I find a way to get some money. I shall soon have a very empty wallet. Yeah, I could use some money myself right now. And I wouldn't care how I went about getting it. How about you, Sid? We're all in the same boat. We do not have cash, but we have brains, my friends. Perhaps if we do a bit of thinking, we'll find a solution to our problem, no? Got any ideas, Nat? No, but maybe Pancho has. Huh, Pancho? Let us go or we can talk freely. It suits me. Yeah, come on. You go out on the porch. <coughs> we can talk here, Poncho, without anyone hearing us. What's on your mind? Nothing. 
You have told me that once you worked for the Telegraph, no? Yeah, I used to be a telegraph operator, but I got fired for being uh, unreliable, as they called it. I never did like regular hours anyway. <laughs> you will come in handy for the plan I have in mind. Much money is carried in the express car and the trains, no? Yeah, they usually carry plenty. Why? I have noticed the train comes through here going east every afternoon. Half an hour later, one comes through going west. Yeah, that's right. One of them always waits on a siding at the telegrapher shack about four miles out of town. Of course, if one of them's very late, the other goes on through without waiting to the next town. How does the man at the shack know? Well, the operator here in Rocky notifies him by telegraph from this end if the eastbound is late. He's notified from the other end if the westbound is late. And the train that's on time goes straight through without using the siding. Uh-huh. If the two trains should meet head-on sometime, the wreck would make it easy for an hombre to get the cash from the express cars and from some of the passengers, eh? Oh, yeah, that's right. There's not much chance of a head-on collision and less chance of us being on the spot if it did happen. I do not wait on chance, amigo. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't savvy. We could plan it so there is such a head-on collision. And in that case, we could be near the scene when it happened. Hey, holy mackerel, Poncho. You mean you're thinking of a way to have the trains collide? <laughs> well, of course. I bet you're thinking of going to that shack at the siding and making sure the operator doesn't set the semaphore signal to stop. Is that it? No, 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 that wouldn't work. The train wouldn't go through just on the signal. Why not? Yeah, they figured something might happen to the operator, so he wouldn't be able to set the semaphore. The operator always goes out beside the tracks and hands up the written order to the engineer train wouldn't go through without those orders. It was not my idea to go to the shack anyway, now. Yeah, then how are you going to work it? I have noticed that the operator here at the station in Rockton sometimes leaves his office and locks it up for an hour or so during the afternoon. Oh, yeah, after the trains go through, he locks up to go eat. Well, my plan is to go to his office just before the first train is due. We'll tie and gag him, put him behind the counter. Then you, Nat... We'll send a message saying the eastbound train is late. Hey, now I get it. The operator at the shack would give the westbound the order to go through, and the two trains come together somewhere between Rockton and the siding. That is it, amigo. After you send the telegraph message, we leave the office and lock it. Nobody will suspect anything until the wreck has happened. That's a good idea, Pancho. We could follow the eastbound from town on our horses and be right there to see them come together. <laughs> you see, Pancho is very clever. There will be a big wreck and we shall be there to gather up plenty of money. That same day, the Lone Ranger and his Indian companion, Tottle, rode the trail toward Rockton. As they moved along, the Lone Ranger was saying... Otto, a former Mexican bandit chief, Pancho Madura, is known to be in Rockton. That's why we come here, Kimasabi? Yes. He's bound to gather some men together and start trouble sooner or later. Don't we try to capture him, maybe? No, he's safe from arrest here until he breaks the laws of the United States. But as soon as he does break the law, we'll go into action. Oh. He's a dangerous man and needs close watching. People in this territory have enough to put up with without having him here to cause more trouble. Uh, men like him, not good for Wes. That's right. They keep on his trail. Come on, Silver. The 
The Lone Ranger and Tonto made camp in the hills a short distance from town. That evening, the Lone Ranger disguised his face and dressed as a ranch hand so that he might go into the cafe without his mask. Then he and Tonto rode to Rockton. They left their horses, Silver and Scout, in the shadows and entered the cafe. There's a table back there, Toto. We'll order some coffee, then we'll have a chance to look around. Well, uh, these tables, senor, it is where my friends and I have been sitting. That's right. Sure, we were just coming back to it. The table's cleared, and you all standing when we came in, mister. Yes, but now we wish to sit down, senor. In that case, I think you better find another table. Senor, Pancho Maduro is not look for fighting or trouble right now. But I do not intend to stand while the Indian sits. Hey, amigos. You're right, Pancho. They don't know who you are, Pancho. <laughs> Perhaps they will soon find out. If you do not get up, Indian, I shall pull you from that chair. No, me not get up. Me stay here. Hey, you gonna let a redskin give you back talk, Pancho? Drag him from the chair and throw him out, Pancho. Better not try it, Maduro. So, you think to scare Pancho Maduro, eh, senor? Well, just for that, amigo, I shall do as my friend has suggested. I shall pull the redskin from that chair and throw him out. Get up, Indian. As Pancho reached out to grasp Tonto's yeah. arm, the old ranger leaped to his feet. I told you not to try it. Oh, oh, oh. That I shall not stand for. Oh. By golly, Don't I just... Hey, that Indian drew like lightning. Stand back, everybody. Give him room. I will break your neck. Yeah, try it. Oh. Hey, man alive, what a fight. Yeah, that cowpoke sure can hit. Pancho fought with great fury, but as the fighting continued, he first showed surprise, then concern as the Lone Ranger struck blow after blow with telling effect. After the first attempt, neither Nat nor Sid tried to interfere further. They stood watching in amazement as the stranger battered the big, tough Mexican with forceful blows. Give it to him, Pancho. Go for his chin. Knock some sense into him, Pancho. Yeah, looks like Pancho is getting the worst of it. I killed this upstart. Come on, then. For another moment, the two men fought, giving and taking heavy punches. Then Pancho began to look dazed. His fists flew out wildly, but the blows were not landing. Then with a terrific blow to Pancho's chin, the Lone Ranger sent the Mexican crashing to the floor. This should do it. Oh! Now, if you want more, get up. Oh, no, 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 wait. Wait, senor. For now, for now I have had enough. Hey, let me help you up, Pancho. Hey, what a fighter that hombre turned out to be. <laughs> Look at the Mexican China. <laughs> Another time, senor. Pancho Maduro does not forget. We meet again, Maduro. Let's get out of here, Tonto. Uh -huh. I shall see that he dies with a bullet, my friends. Come, we follow them and see where they are staying. After leaving the cafe, the Lone Ranger and Tonto stood in the shadows outside as Pancho and his two friends came out. Everybody's gone already. They're going to see them. Yeah, why not forget them for the time being, Pancho? Yeah, we got a big job to do tomorrow. After that's done, we all have plenty of cash, and you can hunt up that cowpoke and pluck them. That will be a pleasure. You better be careful, Pancho. He can shoot as well as he can fight. You won't have a chance. I shall make sure to shoot him in the back, amigo. Now, I'll forget him. Let's check tonight to find out when the train is due. Let us go to the hotel now for the night. We'll have to keep a sharp eye on Pancho and his friends. Uh -huh. 
Him plenty mean fella. Him say him shoot you and back. I wasn't thinking of that, Toto. No? What do you think of? They spoke of a big job to do tomorrow. I'm sure they're planning trouble. And in some way, it has something to do with the train. Ah, uh, me hear him talk about trains. They go back to camp now. Easy, Scott, easy, fellow. One, two, and must count. The following morning, the Lone Ranger and Tonto left camp and took a trail that went alongside the railroad tracks. The Lone Ranger was again in his usual clothes and mask. As they rode, Tonto asked, uh, What do you think we find, Kimasabi? I don't know, Tonto. But if Madura and those other two men are planning to hold up a train, they might find logs on the tracks or a loose rail somewhere. Ah, maybe them be nearby. Them shoot from ambush if them see us. We'll risk that and keep our eyes open. That's right. We'll go on a mile or two more, and we'll turn back in case they moved in after we pass. Come on, sir. Get him up, scout. Later in town, Pancho Madura, with his pals Nat and Sid, pulled rein near the small office in the station where the telegraph operator was on duty. Oh, hold it. Oh, Found out the train going east is due here at one o'clock. It's almost set now. Are you sure you have not forgotten how to use the telegraph? Are you joking, Pancho? I can handle that telegraph key and send faster than any hombre they ever had or ever will have. Almost twice as fast. The fellow they have here at the station's kind of slow at it, seems to me. Yeah, he is. He hasn't been at it too long, I reckon. Hey, here we are. Fellas, I'm getting a message that I have to answer. Well, that is all right, my friend. We shall wait. That message says the westbound past the town on time. It's heading toward the side now. Yeah, that's it. Now, it'll take only a few seconds to answer. Yeah, that's it. Now, what can I do for you? Well, there's number 10 eastbound right on time. Well, it passes, and I notify the side, and then I'll talk to you. But we do not care to wait, senor. Give it to him now, Nat. Sure. I'm sending that message, fella. What? This will keep you out of the way. No. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes... Please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue. 
Pancho Madura, Nat, and Sid, carrying through their plan to wreck the trains, entered the telegraph office at Rockton. And just as the eastbound number 10 went past, Nat hit the operator with the butt of his gun. Pancho spoke hurriedly. There, that settles him. Sid, you and I will tie up the operator and gag him. Then after the train leaves the station here and heads for the siding, Nat will send a message that it is late and to let the other train come through. Come, Sid. Let us get busy. Right. And after I do send that message, it'll mean a wreck that'll bring us plenty of cash. <laughs> There's a train stopping now. As soon as it leaves, I'll send that message. Meanwhile, a short time before one o'clock, the Lone Ranger and Tonto reached the shack at the siding and reigned to a stop. Oh, why we stop here? We'll ask the operator about the trains that are due. Come on. Yeah? What? A masked man, an Indian. What do you want here? There's no money if that's what you're asking. Take it easy, fellow. We're not outlaws. But the mask. If you're not outlaws... Never mind the mask right now. All we want is some information about the trains. Well, that's it, huh? Planning to hold up one of the trains. Maybe number seven westbound when it stops at the side. You're wrong, but we'll not argue the point now. Frankly, we're trying to prevent trouble, not to cause it. You can't make me believe that, mister. Well, that's my call, and I got to answer. Right ahead. We'll not stop you. What's that saying, Kimasabi? It said, uh, M.K., Ready? Go ahead. Now the message is coming through. What click and say, Kim Sally? It's the Rockton operator verifying that number seven westbound is past Milltown. Look, mister, you and the Indian make me nervous just standing there. If you're going to do something, get it over with. All I got's three dollars. <laughs> we don't need your three dollars. When do the trains run, will you tell us that? Yeah, number 10 eastbound is due to pass Rockton at 1 o'clock. Mm, it's just about 1 now. Yep, number 7 westbound, already past Milltown, is heading for the siding here. Milltown is closer than Rockton, is that it? Yeah, a couple of miles. And number 7 will wait here at the siding? Yes. If number 10 passes Rockton on time, that is. If I get word number 10 is late, I'll have orders to let number 7 westbound go on through. Well, that's my call letters now. Seven westbound go through. Yeah, that's it. The message just came from Rockton saying to let the westbound go through. Yes, I know what it said. You, I'm surprised you know so much, fella. Well, I got to raise the semaphore and take this written order out to the engineer number seven. Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter? I know the sign-off said Rockton, but that last message came through much faster than one before it. A different hand was using that key in Rockton. Yeah, I noticed that too. He never sent that fast before. But there's only one operator at Rockton. Uh, take a minute to check back. I have a feeling there's something wrong about Look, that. Look, I haven't time to I'll check. I'll call Rockton. I know the call letters. Oh, no answer. Here, let me try. All right. That's strange. He must be there. Better hold up number seven until you're sure that message is genuine. Number 10 did run on time and pass Rockton. It'd be a wreck if you send number 7 through. Look, you got me all confused. I've got my orders and I'm going to carry them out. I'll go set the semaphore right now. No, we're holding number 7 here. You pulled a gun on me. 
If you think you can do that, you're crazy. I'll take that gun. Sorry, but I'll have to do this. Kimsabi. Mean of Sabi. Otto, I know a different hand was handling the telegraph key in Rockton when that last message came through. May mean trouble for us, but we'll see that number seven waits on the siding until we're sure the other train isn't coming through. Oh. You think Madura planned something? That's possible. The semaphore is down. So the westbound number seven will go on to the siding and wait. We'll ride back along the tracks and see what we can find out. Come on. Uh-huh. Come on, Silver. The Lone Ranger had struck the operator in the shack a glancing blow, and the operator revived just as number seven moved onto the siding outside. Oh, my head. That masked man and Indian, they must plan to hold up number seven on the siding. It's there now. A masked man, an Indian, came in. They hit me on the head when I wanted to come out with the orders for you to go through. Orders to go through? Yeah. The semaphore was set for us to stop here. Yeah, I know, but he wouldn't let me raise it. I thought maybe they planned to rob the train while it waited here. We haven't seen them. Well, anyway, here are the orders. Number 10's running late. Now, I'm going to telegraph to Milltown for the sheriff and a posse to round up those two hombres. Shouldn't take them long to reach here. Good idea. Go ahead. Well, we might as well highball it away from here, Tom. Hey, did you hear that? Yeah. Sounded like number 10 eastbound a couple of miles from here. Well, that means it already passed, Rockton. We would have been wrecked. Holy mackerel. What's this all about, anyway? But the orders, Tom. The heck with the orders. We're staying right here. The Lone Ranger and Tonto rode at breakneck speed down along the trail that followed the railroad. As they approached a bend, they heard the whistle of number 10 eastbound. Otto, number 10 is on time. That message was a fake, as I thought. We'll pull over into the grove until it passes. Come on, Silver. Get him off, Scout. Why... Why do you think someone sent a message like that? The only possible reason would be to cause a wreck. Then the ones who sent it could move in and rob both trains. Oh, me not think of that. Just the type of thing Pancho Maduro would plan. Uh, here come train now. Now what we do? Now wait a few minutes. If Pancho did plan that, it'd follow number 10. Pancho, Nat, and Sid had galloped after the receding train as it left town. They managed to keep it in sight since the trains at that time moved at only a reasonable rate of speed. Halfway to the siding, they followed the train around a bend. Soon it will meet the other train. Yeah, I hope we can keep it in sight so we'll see the wreck happen. Everything's working out just as we planned it. The three crooks were passing a grove when shots rang out behind them. The Lone Ranger and Tonto shot over their heads to draw their fire, hoping they'd soon empty their guns. Caramba, look behind us. A masked man and an Indian. Use your guns. They must have been planning to hold up, too. They'll beat us to the wreck if we don't stop them. They're gaining on us, but we are three against two.
Slowly but surely, the Lone Ranger and Tonto gained on the three crooks. The great horse Silver and the gallant paint scout exerted every effort to catch up with the fleeing men. Getting on them fast, Tonto. Uh -huh. That's Madur and his two friends. You wound one of them. Him fall from saddle. That leaves two to go. We're getting close enough to rope them. The other two have emptied their guns. Get your lariat ready. I'll go for Poncho. You take the other one. Uh -huh. Riding close behind Poncho and Nat, the Lone Ranger and Tonto whirled their lariats over their heads. Then the rope snaked out, each one settling over one of the crooks. Got Poncho? We got another one. Who's the rope? Come on, Tonto. This rope. When I get him off, I shall fix you. You're covered, Poncho. Both of you. Get them loose, Tonto. Take their guns. Uh, uh, hey, uh, that's the same redskin who was in a cafe last night, Poncho. But they must, homie. If you want more fighting, Poncho, uh, get up. I'm ready. He's a cowpoker. Beat you up. Yes, but I I do not care to fight some more. Why have you done this? If you're outlaws, we will share what we get from the wreck. There isn't going to be a wreck. We'll pick up the other fellow, then we'll ride to the siding and take you with us. Later at the siding, the operator was again telling the story of the masked man and Indian who had prevented him from sending number seven on through. The conductor of number ten finally said, Boy, thunder masked or not, those two hombres saved us from a wreck. Hey, look, here they come now. They have someone with them. Say, three are tied to their saddles. We better keep them covered just in case. Hey, you fool, put away that gun. Don't forget those two saved our lives and kept you from causing a wreck. Mister, I don't know what this is all about. I do know you prevented a big train wreck, though. I sent my friend back to Rockton, where he found the other operator tied and gagged. We brought the operator with us. He'll tell you what happened. I sure have plenty to tell, Conductor. Those three men planned to wreck both trains and rob them. They tied me up and gagged me after knocking me out. I heard one of them say he was going to send a message to the operator here. He sent a message, all right, saying number 10 eastbound was late, so as I'd let the westbound train go on through, and they'd meet head on. If they'd succeeded... They'd have had plenty of time to rob both trains. <laughs> but for this interfering masked hombre, we would have succeeded. Man alive, if you hadn't found out somehow, I hate to think of the results. Well, the masked man sure knows something about telegraphy. He was able to tell someone else was handling the key back in Rockton. We also had previous reasons to believe something was to happen. This man is Pancho Madura, a bandit chief from across the border. He must be turned over to the law along with his two pals. The sheriff of Milltown is on his way here right now with a posse. I sent for him. We'll take charge of these crooks and turn them over to the sheriff. Thanks. Then Tonto and I'll not have to wait. Our job here is finished now that Poncho's in custody. We owe you both a lot for preventing that wreck, mister. We're glad we were able to do it, conductor. Adios. 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 Ramba, why you let a messed hombre leave before the sheriff find out about him, eh? That I do not savvy. Poncho, I've heard of you. And believe it or not, I've heard of that mask, hombre. And I saw him on that big white stallion with the Indian and then heard him call the Indian Tonto. I guessed right away that he must be the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.